I'm going to say it, interoperability. It's the buzzword that keeps most healthcare executives up at night. We've got this colossal heap of clinical and non-clinical data in healthcare, but the pieces don't all fit together. How do you standardise and liberate this data so it's not just stuck in one system or application? And once you've done that, what's the best way to put it to good use? Enhancing patient outcomes and operational efficiency. On the show today, Sophie Turner speaks to Vivek Krishnan, Chief Technology Officer at Alcidian, a company that's working hard to tackle these very issues. In this episode, we talk about demystifying fire, what it is and why it matters for healthcare interoperability, striking a balance between implementing new technology and minimising the changes pushed upon healthcare workers, and unpacking the concept of a fire event platform and its application within our city and solutions. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Welcome to today's episode of Talking Health Tech. I'm your host, Sophie, and I'm joined today by Vivek from Alcidian. Thanks for joining me today, Vivek. No, likewise, Sophie. Um, it's great to be on this podcast. So before we dive into what we're here to talk about today, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what your role is at Alcidian? So I'm the Chief Technology Officer for Alcidian Group. I look after the engineering, innovation, and as well as the deployment of our solution to different healthcare organizations. I have got a bachelor's in mathematics. I've, I've done my master's in information technology, information systems, and I've been in the healthcare for the last 15 odd years now. I've also been involved in a lot of architectural forums and discussions, and I'm a TOGAF certified as well. Especially being in the healthcare, I've been sort of lucky to see the uh, various advancements that has happened in the healthcare technology over the last decade now. Yeah, wow. So we're going to have a fun conversation because you're very technical and up in the architecture space of how everything works. And then I'm the clinical nurse, so coming from the end user. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot today. Can you tell me a little bit about who Alcidian is and what Alcidian offers? Sure. So Alcidian is a healthcare technology company and we are listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. We have been in operations for the last 18 odd years now. And Alcidian as a company, the genesis of our, our company has been in the patient flow space. And what patient flow means is obviously to look at how you move your patients in and out of hospitals efficiently in, in traditional way where the patient is just managed on a whiteboard in a ward or in a, in a hospital, we implement digital solutions to make that process smoother and efficient and also 
build smart clinical rules and artificial intelligence around making those decisions easier as well. So LCDN has its genesis outflow, but but has also been quite successful in solving other areas of healthcare as well. So like virtual care, remote patient monitoring, uh, electronic medical records as well, as well as uh, in the mobile space as well. And we have been doing this quite successfully over the years now with our implementations across three different geographies in the United Kingdom, in Australia here, and also in New Zealand as well. Yeah, wow. So very well placed to tackle the world of interoperability with a wealth of experience and lots of implementations across the globe. So today we're going to dive in about fire event platforms. I'm excited for this because I feel like I'm going to walk away with my head spinning and a lot of knowledge obtained from my time with you today. Before we dive in too deep to what a fire event platform is, can you recap for our listeners what fire is and why it's important? Sure, Sophie. And although I, I mentioned that I, I'm a chief technology officer, one of the opportunities that I've always had in this industry is to work closely with the clinicians like yourselves to really understand what the problems are and how do we solve that from a technology perspective. Because it's quite before we get into the fire, I think it's important to highlight that any technology solution has to be aligned with your clinical and yeah. patient workflows. Otherwise, it's sort of having two disconnected systems and not talking to each other is not uh, beneficial to anyone. So, so in the healthcare industry, if we look at it, there, there are a number of uh, challenges and interoperability stands out as one of the uh, significant ones. And this has persisted for many years now. One of the standards or the versions to exchange data in a common vocabulary came out in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not something that has just popped up in the last couple of years where, you know, people are scrambling how to use this data. It has been something in making for many years and interoperability is one of those initiatives that has been quite in the forefront for many years now. There has been various technology and concepts that have been developed over the years. Like, uh, like I mentioned, the HL, HL7 organization developed a version version 1 and version 2 of their interoperability standard in 80s. And there's been other standards as well that have been developed over the years now. And it's it's quite challenging, like if you look at it from a, both from a technology perspective and from a healthcare leadership perspective, it's quite challenging to stay on, on top of all these different changing technologies as well. So I think before we, we get into the definition of fire itself, it, let's try and imagine, right, take a moment to imagine uh, a world where a common language like English, uh, we are both talking English right now, and did not exist, um, and, and picture that chaos that would follow when it comes to, you know, traveling or, or trade or doing businesses or even having simple conversation like you and me and yeah. the audience are, are, are having. And as we all evolved, as a human evolved, we rightly recognized the the importance of having uh, a common medium for communication. So this is precisely what FIRE seeks to achieve in the healthcare. So making sure that, you know, there's a common vocabulary and a medium for everyone to exchange what they understand and what they want to know in a common format. So it's essentially a set of standards for exchanging healthcare information electronically. It, it defines a standardized data structure. So rather than you and me, for example, deciding this is how I would like to communicate, there's a set of standards in a book uh, uh, that has been published to say, this is how we store the data. This is how it will be exchanged using technology, for example, HTTP or, or, or JSON or an FTP or whatever that would be. So it's a, it's a standard that has been defined 
to facilitate the exchange of healthcare information electronically. If you, if you look at a typical healthcare organization, it includes many different systems. If anyone who has worked in a hospital, they would know how many systems that they have to deal with. Uh, you have a patient administration system where you register the patients and you know put your next of kin's or billing details and etc. Then you have your electronic medical record system where you put your allergies and etc. Then you have your medication system where you prescribe and administer your medications. Then you have your labs and radiology. You have a number of systems that does very many specialist things for workflow and from a clinical perspective. Fire, in a sense, allows these systems to communicate to each other. So there's a continuum of care and there's a common uh, workflow that is uh, being orchestrated from a patient and a provider perspective with an agreed vocabulary. So then from a... a clinical as, as an end user, fire will enable the duplication and double entry a- across those applications that we see in, in healthcare? Absolutely, Sophia. I think what's happened is now, like over the years, and if you look at a typical healthcare organization, the, the systems that I mentioned earlier come from various different vendors. So every healthcare IT vendor has, they have their own preference, they have their own architectural pattern or a design pattern when it comes to the user interface, user the way how you would orchestrate some workflows and etc. So from a clinician's perspective, when they are treating a patient or when they are providing a care, they don't want to deal with all those different complexities. They are looking at it from a patient's perspective or from a care perspective and they are looking to solve a problem without having to navigate across these different systems and understanding mm. how do I copy information from here to here and to here to actually get to that end result. So FHIR exactly does that. FHIR makes sure that the data flows through without getting duplicated and also it allows different systems to interact with each each other without having necessarily to making the clinician or the end user re-enter the data altogether. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. All right. And so then how does an event platform, a fire event platform come together and what what is that? Before we dive deep into the events as well, like the... Way Fire has become very popular is now is that although it originated in 2011 in Australia, it quite of in a very in few short years it achieved high adoption. And especially in the US, when it became part of the 21st Century Cures Act, and 
two key things happened with the support of the Congress over there. One was to adopt that standard and the other one was to basically say by 2021, all these vendors, uh, it will become illegal for them to prevent patients from having access to their medical histories. That created this need and the race to start creating systems that would facilitate this data exchange. And it exploded in terms of uh, its recognition, whether it's in UK or in Australia, where where UK adopted as a national standard. Australia, recently, uh, the Department of Health and the CSRO have have launched a national fire accelerator program. So what those initiatives did was to really create this need and this race to develop solutions that would facilitate real-time exchange of these data as well. So it's quite sort of important to look at where the need for a standard has come from and how it has it has been enforced by various different governments now to make sure that it's being adopted by different organizations. What's that leads us to really discuss to answer that question that you asked Sophie around what is a five events platform, right? So a conventional architecture, without getting too technical into it, if you look at a conventional architecture or a conventional system, you have a database, you have an application. And you have an integration engine or some sort of a business layer that uh, that actually facilitates the exchange of the data. So you have you that's how, just not in healthcare, in majority of the places, in majority of the industries, you would see there will be a backend system floating around where you store the data, where you retrieve the data and manipulate it. Although that database technology has become very sophisticated in recent times, one of the challenges that those conventional systems and architecture faces is around the latency and the slowness of it. And they're pretty synchronous in nature. That is, you you make a request, for example, if you're registering a patient or if you're actually entering an allergy for a patient against a patient, you wait for a response back from your system before you can do something else about it. So it's a very procedural kind of a methodology that has been adopted in the healthcare for many years now. On the other hand, if you look at uh, an event-driven platform, the focus is on reacting and handling specific events. And what that means is it's suited for the applications that will respond quickly and make sure that the data is available in real time to exchange and to take actions or trigger workflows in near real time. So without, I think, beating around the bush, if you, if you look at some examples, right? So an, an event in healthcare can be an INR result from a pathology, for example, or it could be a blood glucose from a continuous glucose monitor that a patient has strapped themselves with, or it could even be a submission to the Medicare or a chargeable item that has been built or that needs to be invoiced against the patient. So these are events when we talk about, we try and break the various different the data elements within the healthcare in individual events and look at what does that mean and how does that affect in a clinical workflow. So a fire event platform basically processes and manages these uh, healthcare events and notifications, and it can trigger actions or workflows based on those events as well. So so that the alerts are happening and statuses of those alerts are actionable as well. So so if I if I go back, look at that example of INR and let's say a high INR result and trigger a workflow. So as let's say pathology sends an INR result back to the hospital or the, the attending doctor can or the nurse can see the high INR and that can trigger a workflow, let's say to stop the uh, blood thinning medication or warfarin, for example. So that there's a reduced risk of bleeding during surgery if the patient is booked for surgery. So that's what we call as an event. And we look at how such small events can have a big impact in the education rather than a traditional way of entering data, then, you know, running some reports to see what's happening with those patients. So 
it supports those applications and for use cases like remote patient monitoring, real-time real decision support, and for the application that requires real-time access to the data itself. Yeah, okay. So being far more proactive and, as you said, in real time, we can assess and manage our patients and give that right direction in terms of treatment plans and workflows to get a better outcome. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, th- I think that's the main difference differentiator between that traditional non-event, fire event platform and a fire event platform where uh, one is very synchronous and one is very human-driven in nature, mm. whereas this event-based platform is around how... So, so as the technology and the science has evolved now, we are living in a world where, you know, you have artificial intelligence, you have machine capabilities to do machine learning, which didn't exist in 80s and 90s where majority of these systems were developed. So now we are able to, you know, stream the that event or the data that is that is floating around in the healthcare setting to actually trigger an actionable uh, workflow. And, and those examples that I use... I, th- I think it's that differentiator where rather than having to just keep on. So, so even if you look at just the name electronic medical record or electronic healthcare record, the, the word record comes in where the idea and the mindset in those time were to just go and record the data so that it can be used for either insurance, your billing, or even for medical legal purposes. Whereas now we are looking at a day and age where we want to be healthy. We want to make sure that we can have proactive healthcare actions that can be taken. And cognitively, it's impossible to look at a record and then decide what's happening. So, and events is in our, in, in our thing, in my view, and events is a event based mindset and approach is a way to solve the complex healthcare problem and to, to, to get those actionable insights from, from the data that is being generated within the healthcare itself. Yeah, amazing. It's sort of taken me back to my time working in rural and remote hospital settings. It's paper-based. And, you you know, we talk about that this has been around for a long time and we've known, you know, I guess bring it back to sort of my experience at that real manual event of a patient. And I've got a stack of pathology results that have come back in and they've been printed out. And then I've got to find time in my day to go over and review them. And then highlight the ones that need to be addressed in a timely fashion and then escalate that back up. And you're doing it with in paper, with a diary, trying to contact the patient. And often we're doing the patient follow-up is with a letter to say, can you please come back and book an appointment or it's a phone call and you're hoping to sort of make that contact. Whereas the fire event platform, I guess, is the information's going into this record and then triggering that in a more timely space. Have I sort of got that there? Absolutely, Sophie. Absolutely. Look, the the fire being a standard is event platform. If you look at like we we are really, what we are really talking about here is an event platform and the fire happens to be that communication language uh, between, between the systems, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, look, like looking at your example, it's a very similar experience that I've had in the recent years as well, where I had the privilege to go and visit some of the Asian countries where, you know, the volume is huge. We, we are talking about countries where the population is 20 or 30 times more than what we have in Australia here, right? So, so when you look at the problems that you were just talking about, you know, with notes of, with papers of these results coming back or the appointment we are talking about in those countries we're talking about you know few thousand five six thousand appointments in a day not in a month we are talking about you know hundreds of patients in wards we are talking about 
volume. And I, I think it's humanly impossible to keep a track of each and every patient without any biasness in there. So that's exactly what a system or a platform, especially an event-based platform, and enables us to do it. It facilitates that unbiased view of how do you look at your patients, how do you treat, how do you provide care without cognitively getting burned down or without having any biasness in place. So I think it's been a game changer when it comes to delivering the healthcare systems efficiently as opposed to, you know, a traditional either scanning a document onto a system or just looking at a paper record in a folder. Yeah. And I guess not just locally, it allows, so our Alcidium, for example, with a a fire standardization that's been accepted across the US, UK and Australia to then scale your operations and offer that to a much larger market. Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why as a company, I think we have been able to expand into different geographical areas very quickly because so the system, my position, which is a flagship product was built ground up on this fire standard. So unlike many legacy products out there that put a facade or a, or a mask on top of uh, their existing legacy application. We built our application ground up based on fire. And that's really enabled us to quickly go and embed and to implement the systems in different countries. We are looking at, when we look at UK, said the fire is a national standard. We were able to adopt it from day one rather than having to scramble on how do we enable that? How do we align ourselves? So really it has been quite yeah, interesting and, and easy for us to mold our uh, deployment and our implementations to different healthcare settings in, in many different countries and also across many different systems as well. So how how would you describe the, the FIRE event platform? How is it featured and being taken up by Alcidian? A FIRE events platform is what underpins our my position platform. So if I go back to how we came into the limelight in this health industry is there was a, like I mentioned earlier, patient flow is where we started our journey from. And what we were able to achieve was to go and embed our platform on top of these existing legacy applications. So one, not only that enabled the organizations to leverage their existing investments. And second, we said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's modernize your system that you've got in the hospital without having to reinvent everything altogether. So our platform, the Fire Events platform that Alcidian developed around that time, basically drew information from these legacy systems, all this unstructured data that was sitting within various different systems in this organization. It, it drew all that information and then standardized that in the fire, fire message. So, so that's what we even do now. So we get data feed from various different applications or, or hospital systems whether they are fire or not, we get that and we standardize that in a fire format. And then we pass that on to our events platform so that it can trigger actionable outcomes. So again, those examples that I mentioned earlier about the laboratory results, figuring an action to be taken for something or against a patient, or even looking at how, for example, from a virtual community care or virtual care perspective, a patient wearing a wearable to do their temperature or, or blood pressure can stream the information back to the hospital so they can be attended more quickly as well. So our platform basically enables that data to be standardized in, into the fire format. And then it facilitates that event-driven approach where we break that down into individual events, we map the terminologies, and we pass that events to other downstream or upstream systems to take those actionable outcomes and the workflows. Wow. So a whole lot of 
information exchange happening and becoming translatable to, I, I guess, helping create optimized outcomes for our patients and the community. Yeah, I was saying, so what you've sort of, you've described yeah. to me, we've got a whole lot of health information, it's being exchanged in different ways. At the end of the day and at both ends, it exists to optimize the outcomes that we're doing, we're giving for patients. We're able to utilize that remote monitoring to keep them out of hospital longer and be more proactive in when we're implementing a, a, a treatment and a, a pathway, which is amazing. And I have a far greater understanding of fire and event platforms. Brilliant, brilliant. I think spot on. I think you've nailed it in terms of the use cases are are limitless here. I mean, there's so many different use cases. I think if I were to summarize it, the problem of why we have a standard called FIRE or why we are talking about events today is that as the technology has evolved or as the demand in from the healthcare perspective has increased, we have had no choice than to think about how to do things differently rather than, you know, adding more people to, to go through these paper records or to scroll through various different applications. We have had no choice than to develop these systems that, you know, look at making the process easier and embedded within a daily life of a clinician. So we talked about remote patient monitoring, we talk about, you know, virtual care, we talk about electronic journey boards of patients, though, we talk about education. And, and so there's many different use cases. LCDN as a company has been able to successfully facilitate with our platform itself. And, and there's been numerous attempts. I think we talked about this even uh, yeah. earlier about this is not a- anything new. This has been in making... For the last 20 or 30 years, the technology, the underlying technology has really evolved and has helped developers like us to leverage that and create that medium. Like, for example, the HIE and that, that sort of a health information exchange has been out there for quite some time, right? So uh, a lot of countries and a lot of organizations have this, what's called as health, health information exchange. And one could argue that a fire event platform, if I'm saying fire event platform is facilitating that exchange of healthcare data, then isn't it an HIE, which has been out there, what's different here, right? So I think it's important to highlight that the HIE as a concept is, it, it just enables the exchange of the data and it, it exposes that data to an API layer. And and it facilitates that exchange of historical and the current patient data across organization, region, states, or even in cases between countries. While an HIE is used to facilitate that information, a fire events platform is a new generation architecture to process that real-time data using the fire standard. And uh, again, I love taking these examples, but uh, a simple analogy would be um, HIE, I see HIE, for example, or, or any, you know, fire server or any integration exchange as, as similar to, for example, Australia Post or a postman and whose job is to go and deliver these letters and parcels. Uh, all they do is they pick up and they go and deliver to the intended people. Whereas the fire events platform or an events platform that LCDN has developed and, and we're talking about in this podcast is like a, you know, modern, sophisticated processing center, I mean, I'm like, People would hear about these, you know, fancy and, and all sophisticated Amazon logistics center where, you know, you have got these automated supply chain robotics in place where you have processes to pick things up and to deliver these letters and parcels efficiently on time. So we, we I, I often use this example where, you know, one is just a medium to deliver the message, whereas events platform is also about 
how do you orchestrate the workflows how do you build those robotics and smarts around your data to take actionable insight delivering de- delivering information is great but how do you do that efficiently and on time is very critical when it comes to the healthcare itself so it sounds for an average i think for people who understand who have been in healthcare for quite some time i think it may sound like an information exchange healthcare five events platform may sound like an information exchange but it's a very different when it comes to the actual usage and the deployment of it i feel like we could keep going on this topic for hours you've got some wonderful examples and you've really made understanding it very easy so thank you from someone that's not schooled in the architecture and and the more technical sense of um, interoperability. I'm very grateful for that. I've learned a lot. If, if we could, just reflecting on our conversation today, a couple of key takeaways and, and messages for the audience that you, you'd like to to pull out. A couple of things that, that I would like to highlight. So as an healthcare organization, why would you choose to invest in a, in a modern platform, in a fire events platform? Uh, if you want to drive value from the data into new solutions. So, uh, so for example, if you want to make use of the incorporate AI, if you want highly configurable and engaging user interfaces, you want workflows that mimics your clinical workflow, uh, then a Fire Events platform is an answer. If you need real-time uh, data exchange, a Fire Event platform is the answer simplicity and the speed so if you want the development and innovation to happen swiftly then and firebase data exchange platform or events platform is key and also look at your leveraging your existing it investments as well the other thing that i would really want to highlight is that the answer is often not to just throw away your existing years worth of investment, whether it comes to your technology or your clinical workflows and practices. So it's about choosing systems that can sit on top of these legacy systems and orchestrate workflows and also then be aligned with more modern technologies like the mobile, which the five and platforms makes it quite possible and makes it quite easier from an end user or clinician perspective as well. So quite important when we are talking about advancement in technology and science, we align ourselves and the healthcare decisions and practices to the modern requirements and with the modern technology. And I think it's quite important to choose the right architecture, right technology to facilitate that. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time today. I'm sure we'll hear some more from Alcidian and what's happening in over there. But thank you for your time today. It's been really informative and certainly provided me with lots of insights. So hopefully our, our listeners have gained the same. Thank you, Sophie. Likewise, uh, thanks for the opportunity and and more than happy for us to be part of um, future podcasts. Awesome. Well, we'll sign off for today, but thank you very much. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.